Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey friends, this is Drew Powell, Butch Gilzine from Fox's Gotham. You're listening to Next Level Radio. Welcome to another issue of DC Primetime. This time, uh, it is the one I know we have been looking forward to doing for the past couple weeks now, probably throughout the entire run of this podcast, we've been looking forward to doing this. It is our Flash annual issue. Uh, We've done Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. It's time to wrap it up with, I would say, saving the best for last, most likely, in my opinion. Uh, but from the showcast on the Next Level Podcast Network, I am Ben Beck. And from the Caffeine Crew, I am Rob Martin. And in our third chair this week, uh, you know him from Mallrats, it's Silent Bob. <laughs> yeah, no, Kevin Smith is not here. <laughs> well, um, I, no, I said Silent Bob, not Kevin Smith. Oh, they're one in the same guy. I got away it. with it because now Silent Bob doesn't say anything. No, he does. <laughs> it says you're gonna. We could just put a clip of like mall rats, and <laughs> exactly, or or something somewhere in this episode. I'm like that made no sense. Please, please don't speak. Yeah, no, no. we're uh, um, no, no, uh, no guests this week. Um, we tried. We, we definitely tried. We uh, we reached out to three different people, and it's not that they did not want to do it. It's just that scheduling is a pain in the ass uh, over the summer, and it just didn't work out. Yeah. So, but we do have, I think. Uh, the next two weeks we have guests though, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll just wait just in case. We're not going to announce them just in case anything happens, because one of them is very very busy uh, as far as filming, oh, and one of them is very very busy as of City of Comic Con. So. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Our guest for for next week uh, is extremely busy because he's very he does a lot at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, just wrap your heads around that. So. Yeah. Uh, but as we had mentioned, this is our Flash Annual, so of course we're going to go over a bunch of stuff as we have in the past. Our favorite moments, least favorite moments, favorite and least favorite characters, favorite and least favorite episodes. We're going to rate the villain, which was Zoom this season, and of course we're going to rate the entire season. And then uh, predictions. Yeah, oh my god, that's going to take half the podcast. Yeah, probably, Which, <laughs> and you know what, we have a little bit of extra room because I think there's like a whopping two news stories because since we did record a little late last week, uh, well, not a lot happened since I think, what was it, Tuesday night and today, so... But yeah, so not too much to talk about news-wise, but yeah, there, I think predictions could be pretty heavy. Yeah, and but I mean, as far as news goes, the, the one thing that we have is pretty big news, yeah. in my opinion, so... 
Very true. Uh, I'm very interested. And it can tie into our predictions for this. Yeah, too. It, it very much can. So I think we should probably do the news story before we do the predictions for next season. Okay. So, yeah, we'll do our predictions after the news then. That so. works. And then we'll do our recommendations, yada, 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 cheap plugs, as we always do. Uh, but let's go on to uh, talking about season two of The Flash, uh, which I think we're pretty much agreement out of the four shows. Definitely the strongest. Oh, yeah. Uh, and definitely our favorite out of the uh, out of the four shows. Yeah. Um, this we discussed this a little bit before we started uh, recording. This to me was probably one of the toughest as much as we love this show, this was one of the toughest for me to prep for for this annual. Uh, because when it comes to favorite moments, there are so many that it's tough to narrow it down to one. And as far as least favorite moments goes, they're nitpicking. I mean, because there really are no absolute horrible moments for this show. That's very true. I mean... Even going through, I just went to the ones that made me immediately smile. And I have one, obviously, that's I think makes me smile larger than any other moment. Uh, I mean, granted, there's a lot of other ones that are really close. But like, yeah, it, it was it was that was a tricky one to do. Well, that's that that's exactly what mine is, too. Like my favorite moment of the show that I'm going to that I'll talk about when we get into it is is literally a moment of the show when I I think I did a like huge. I had a huge smile on my face, and I was like, "Yes, that is awesome." Yeah, you know, not in my head. I said that out loud. So I yeah, mean, that's that. That's how I judged my favorite moment. But even characters, like, there's so many strong characters in the show. It's hard to pick one. It's very true. Um, I mean, you could very obviously go with Barry, but I mean, that's that's a given. So I tried to stay away from Barry, obviously. Uh, I'd pick some other ones. Least favorite characters. Nah, that wasn't as hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, favorite episode. Very difficult to choose because there are so many great ones. Least yeah. favorites. And least favorite. Again, nitpicking. Because that's pretty much what it is. Uh, but let's jump into it. Okay. Uh, let us start off with favorite moment. Because this is one we're probably going to name more than one. I can tell you that right off the bat. We're going to name our top favorite moment. And then we'll probably mention one or two others that were just Mm-hmm. right up there Indeed. uh but we'll start with you on this okay. one i hope you don't have the same one as me uh but even if you do that just means our mindsets are pretty this pretty much the same okay well Add- I mean, it, it's i gotta say right off the bat it's not a huge moment but it was a moment that made me smile larger and laugh out loud and just be like giddy um (laughs) that makes it sound even more like mine but go ahead probably is and it's just as simple as cisco standing on top of a building with with weather wizard's (laughs) wand and calling down uh the lightning bolt to bring barry's powers back and screaming expecto patrona and it was just i love that moment so much it it got us um it got us a a cast member from harry potter in the show but I mean, like we we talk about that moment so much because it really was this. It that was the writers of this show, uh, and it shows that they really love to. It's not you know a pop culture. It's just thing to be a pop culture. It's just I believed that character really is that way, and it was just this fun big moment that ends with a bang, but not the kind of bang that you expect. And, all these little things that I'm like, really? I'm like, I didn't expect that here. And <laughs> yeah, it was, it was something very fun to do. Um, 
it was it was an unexpected twist, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was well, not, a fun moment. Not only that, but I mean, that is the writers of the show obviously having fun with this. But the the beauty of that moment, which is not my favorite moment, by the way, so we're good. Um, it's up there, but it's not. Um, the beauty of that moment was it's not only the writers, uh, you know, being who they are and showing the spirit of the show. It fit into the character that said it. Like that is something Cisco would totally say. It was, yeah. Okay. It's uh, it's it's it, it's absolutely absolutely believable. And, yeah, and that's it's why it was so, something so special. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my favorite moment, however, um, and this was tough because again, I had a number of different ones. Um, you know, some runners up was seeing Jay Garrick or John Wesley ship as Jay Garrick. I thought that was an amazing moment. We saw it coming, but it was still something that was really awesome to see. Um, obviously, killer. Um, King Shark was a cool moment, uh, and as well as the words "Run, Barry, Run," we heard that twice in this the run of this season. The first time was from his mother. The second time was from Zoom. But my favorite moment from this season uh, was in episode two. Believe it or not, it was very, very early on in the season. But the moment when we saw Jay Garrick and Barry Allen both as um, you know as as their both as their Flash rescuing patty spivet and it was the it's that comic comic it issue is the cover. spitting image of that comic book cover yeah that was such a cool moment that they recreated that and you know that was for the fans right and, i mean i gotta say too if i'm gonna be serious though i would say my my other moment definitely is easily i gotta say from the runaway dinosaur it says barry and his mom as she's if, as they're reading the the kids book together the runaway dinosaur book um I think that was probably one of the most touching things I've ever seen on a TV show. Yeah. Um, I mean, also a beautiful moment. So. Yes, exactly. Uh, more difficult to decide, though, for me. And I will tell you right off the bat, I've got nothing for this. Uh, I, I do have one. Um, um, but this is least favorite moment. Yeah. Of so second season. So I'm going to turn it over season. to you because okay. I, I, have, I really have nothing. You may echo this one a little bit. Okay. Um, the death of Henry Allen. Um, I... You and me spoke at great length after that episode, and that was at the end of Invincible, and I still think Invincible's, you know, on on the grand scheme of episodes that they did in the show, that was the one that was kind of, and eh, not the one of the best, but um, especially that close to the finale, but having that moment, that big impact moment at the end of it didn't feel necessary, especially with what we just got from the episode prior to it with the runaway dinosaur, with Barry coming to grips with his mother, but again... It does lead into the catalyst of the end of the season and the start of the flashpoint. Yes. Um, but I think it was one of those deaths, and we I think we all agreed uh, when we were talking about that episode. It just didn't need to be there. It really didn't. Um, I, yeah, I guess I can kind of, as you mentioned, I could echo that a little bit. Um, it was such an, an emotional moment because, yeah. again, I did feel like it was something that was unnecessary. Uh, again, grander scheme obviously it led to the way the season ended uh and the emotion driven decision that barry makes but yeah i i guess i kind of i guess i kind of do reciprocate that a little bit it's i was very bummed that that happened because we we heard rumor that there was going to be a death of a character we obviously were predicting it was going to be henry allen uh and unfortunately we were right so and yeah and that was a pretty big bummer so i guess yeah, I guess I could say that was probably one of my least favorite moments from the season. 
Yeah, I mean, but I mean, ultimately, again, if that didn't happen, we wouldn't be as excited about what the next season is going to start with because yeah. that needs needed to happen for that to go down. So, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was one of those ones that it, it was disappointing, but uh, it makes sense when what they were planning to, on how they were planning to wrap things up. So, yeah, um, yeah. I was I would say another small uh, honorable mention is uh, Patty Spivet leaving. Uh, leaving Central City. Um, I really, really loved her character a lot. And she was kind of this awesome force in the first half of the, the season. So her leaving, I thought, you know, it was was a shame. I, I didn't I wouldn't have minded if they waited a little bit longer to build up the Iris and Barry, you know, relationship, which we saw big growth at the end of the season. But I really wanted Patty to stick around a little bit and let him have another long term relationship for a little while. Um, you know, I know it would have caused some unnecessary drama in the show, but their chemistry on screen was so fantastic. Not to say that um, Candace Patton and, uh, you know, Grant don't have awesome chemistry on screen as well. But, you know, she was just so wonderful to watch. Yeah. I, and I think, I mean, you look at these two moments that were mentioned and obviously the death of Henry Allen and Pat, Patty Spivett leaving. They were good written moments in television and I guess what I guess with these least favorite moments, we're calling them least favorite moments because they were things we didn't want to see happen in the show, not because they were as with the past annuals that we've done were moments that didn't make sense or were written horribly. Um, you know, so, I mean, again, it's uh, our least favorite things about this show are things we're just simply nitpicking about or personally bummed about. Uh, you know, with Arrow and Supergirl and, and Legends of Tomorrow, we picked least favorite moments because they were moments, as I mentioned, that just didn't make sense to the show. Right. Uh, you know, so that just goes to show you the how great this show really is, is that our least favorite moments are just moments that bummed us out. Yeah, I, that's I think that's the best way I could have personally, like kind of when I was writing my notes real quick before the show and I was looking at those because I wanted to kind of do it in. The moment where I was like, what really upset me about the show? And I was like, and it wasn't anything that they did poorly. It was, oh, I was really sad that this character is not in the show anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. But I mean, that's kind of what it was like for Arrow, too. It was like Black Canary's gone. I love that character. So, and, you know, like the Henry Allen thing, I think we'll see somehow that kind of getting reversed a little bit. But we, we know we're still going to see John Wesley ship some way, shape, and form, whether it's them fixing things and Henry's back, whether we see him as Jay, whatever it may be. Like, at least we know that character's not gone. Well, I think with Flashpoint, we're going to see him for sure as Henry Allen. Yeah. I mean, uh, and he, he had a very, very few appearances this season from somebody that was broken out of prison last season, you know, or not broken out, but, you know, you know, let, let out. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Moving on to the characters of the show, obviously a huge ensemble cast for the show, but let's talk about some of our favorite or standout characters from the show. Uh, I'll kick things off with this one and in the hopes that you don't take mine. Um, I'm still to this day, man, I'm still a huge Harrison Wells fan, mm -hmm. um, both as, you know, as Harrison Wells, as Eobard Thawne, as Reverse Flash. Like, I mean, there were parts of me in season one that kind of loved reverse flash. Like he was one of my favorite characters from that show, uh, in back in season one. So, and obviously in season two, we're seeing a, a yet another version of Harrison Wells. Um, 
you know, uh, season one, we saw kind of like the mentor professor to Barry, uh, as well as Reverse Flash. This season, we're seeing him as the Earth 2 version of Harrison Wells. Uh, But I just love his character. I mean, he's we've seen three different versions of him. Uh, Tom Cavanaugh plays it uh, brilliantly because, you know, as we've made mentioned before, he's doing this three different ways. And I'm looking forward because we're going to see a fourth next season. We're going to see the original Harrison Wells pop up. Yeah. Uh, most likely in Flashpoint. But, I mean, in my, I'm just, I'm a huge Kavanaugh fan. I'm a huge Harrison Wells fan. So Harrison Wells has my top spot for favorite character. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. Like, he's a wonderful character. But I got to go to uh, the second half of that that dynamic duo ah, with Cisco. Yes. Uh, Cisco <laughs> Ramon. Uh, I think we saw... I think out of everybody in this season, the most growth from him. Um, I mean, him coming to terms with his powers, his vibe. I mean, like that was a big, huge moment, especially when they went to Earth 2. And we saw him, you know, come up to reverb his doppelganger who had all this other all these other powers that apparently he does as well. And he wasn't quite sure what to do. And the fact having that knowledge that he's kind of destined for something much larger uh, and they were really building him up as vibe this season, um, and just the way that impacted him. Like the he had the moment with uh, it was I think episode twenty with the rupture with him and his brother Dante, and you saw their their family dynamic the way it really is, and you saw the reason like why they were always so much at odds with each other. Um, I mean that some of these small moments and just him just being there for everybody. Uh, he was just this constant heart to this team where like Barry's. A, a, this massive heart through all this. I mean, each character has something, but Cisco, I felt, really brought something special to every scene he was in. Um, Carlos Valdez has just done this amazing job showing us such a massive range of emotion between him being afraid for what his future is going to be, um, you know, coming into his powers, and then honestly just being there for everybody else, but still. You know, evolving on his own has been yeah. something really amazing to watch. Um, he he's he's I, I just adore watching you know him portray that character. Yeah, no, I agree with that too. I mean, I even had him written down as uh, as my runner up for this because I mean, as you mentioned, he 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 completes the the duo that is him and Wells. Uh, the interaction just between those two this season have been has been great and at times hysterical. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, especially in the end when, uh, you know, during the season finale when they're saying goodbye and Cisco, uh, obviously I'm not quoting it word for word, but Cisco makes mention of, you know, vibing into Earth 2 just so he can knock stuff off his desk from time to time. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just the great dynamic that he had. I mean, then there's also the dynamic with him and Caitlin, and it's just he's such a fantastic character that I, I mean, I, I again, I agree with everything you said. Yeah. It was just—it's so hard to pick a favorite on the show because I mean, there's been so much they've done that's been fantastic. So. Yeah, I, I mean, and I mean, uh, just another runner-up, you know, to me would be Teddy Sears as Jay Garrick slash Zoom. Um, I mean, he played the great dynamic of both good and evil. This, season. oh, I mean, he played the perfect sociopath. Yeah, I mean, just <clears throat> it, it did done so well. I mean. And uh, I, I think the fact that this was his first real attempt to do this really in-depth villain and the first real villain he's ever played, uh, he did such a beautiful job. I mean, I, that's the one thing you got to give it to, you know, 
the writers and the talent agencies that are casting these characters for this show is their choices are always so perfect. Oh, I don't question any casting choice they ever make for this show. Mm-hmm. Ever. <clears throat> because everything they have done so far has paid off in yeah. spades. Uh, but as far as, you know, we've talked about our favorite characters and standout characters, but let's switch gears. And obviously we'll talk about some of our least favorite characters from this show. I think you and I may be at odds. Um, you know what? I, I, why don't you start off? Because I'm really curious because I, I kind of mentioned who mine was already before we started recording. Um, but I'm st- still not sold on that. And I'm kind of curious to see where your brain's at. All right. Um, obviously, I, I have two. The first one is a bit of a joke. And that's Kendra. <laughs> I was joking and <laughs> thinking about that my, myself a little bit. but Because let's not forget, she did start in this season of The Flash. She very much did. We so. we did not like her in Legends. She was our least favorite character in Legends. That kind of carries over to Flash because for the same reasons, I just did not like her character uh, on Flash. This was, of course, before she became Hawkgirl. So we can't fault her for the Hulk's storyline like we did in Legends. Um, <clears throat> but as far as regular characters for The Flash... Here's where we may be at odds. My least favorite character, and I'm only saying we might be at odds because you've already mentioned this as being one of a character that you loved this season. Uh, Patty Spivet. Hmm, interesting. Uh, and it's not because I didn't like the dynamic with her and Barry. It's again, it's purely nitpick in that there could have been so much more that could have been done with her character. And they didn't do it. I feel like her character was brought into this season to kind of fill a gap in, you know, five or six episodes. And then they wrote her off, like, because they didn't know what to do with her. Yeah. And for that reason, I mean, like, I, like I, again, it's, it's, it's no fault of hers or the actress that played her. I just felt that she was a completely wasted character. They could have done so much more with that character and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can I can agree with you on that a lot. Um, you know, originally my thought process was again just because nitpicking alone, because um, I don't think I could really pinpoint. And uh, you know, my brain was thinking about you know Wally, but like Wally, you know, he didn't have a lot of time to really shine. It was a big introduction. It was kind of like how we said last season. Like a lot of people's you know thought process was Iris was the weak link. It was like no, they just weren't really focusing on her yet. Like she was more of a background character than she was anything else. And you saw her really start to grow this season. Um, I got to say, least favorite for me, I thought originally was Caitlin, um, because, and it's again, not because I dislike the character and I think, um, that, you know, the actress does an amazing job. She's a really amazing part of the dynamic and you can't have everybody be like Harrison and Cisco because then you have a very boring team. Like it's, it's not boring in that way, but like, there's no growth. Everybody's doing the same things over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I've already seen that story. Caitlin, I felt like they, you know, unfortunately was in this season, kind of a bit of a, she, she got the shit kicked out of her mentally. Um, you know, she comes off of season one with the death of her husband. Um, so Ronnie's death at the end of the finale. Uh, so she was dealing with the fallout from that. I think that was a big part of it. Um, and then, you know, we didn't see her really kind of coming back into anything positive until Jay comes around, which, you know, ends up not being Jay. And you see her kind of falling in love and they're like, well, they're going to take happiness away from her yet again. And it's one of those things is I wish they would have focused out on somebody different. Um, Yeah, I I feel like after coming off of what she came off of from season one. Yeah, it's almost as if like every other character in this show and this ensemble came off 
to or came into their own as a hero where she was kind of down it was on a downgrass and she was played more the victim than anything else granted i will say what they did though what that was quite amazing is when she did get freed in invincible um when we saw her kind of get back to the team proper um it was interesting to watch because uh, they kind of played with a little ptsd and i think they did that whole person that's a that's a victim to something like that being kidnapped and basically kind of like that mental abuse i think they handled it incredibly well and wrote it very well and she played it really wonderfully um but i i wish we would have saw her maybe start start kind of creeping into something a little bit more positive but even her down moments i really really loved her interactions with cisco at uh, many times where she's like you know it's that whole idea of like oh no you're becoming killer frost and her her just playing with that with him and being silly and show, showing how nice their friendship really is. So again, this is me purely nitpicking to try to attempt to find a character I didn't like. Yeah. But I absolutely still love the character. Uh, and she does a great job. I just wish they just didn't put her through so much abuse this season and kind of spread it out. It's kind of like how I felt about Quentin on Arrow. Is they just mentally abused that character so badly. And I want them to have their their happy, happy ever after. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned the PTSD, too, which I thought was a a brilliant move by the writers because, you know, we see a lot of these hero movies and even uh, superhero aside, we see shows where people get kidnapped, where tragic things happen to them. But I don't ever remember before this show any other show exploring the the after effects of things like that. Usually just kind of like, okay, they're rescued. That let's continue on with the story. The Flash is the first show that I can think of off the top of my head that actually explored what happens to these people when they go through this. Yeah. Like, this is a traumatic experience. Um, and you don't just wake up the next morning, everything being fine and dandy. So they I actually enjoyed the fact that they explored that a little bit in this. Well, I mean, like I said, we have seen it quite a bit in shows this this year. I mean, like hell, I mean Game of Thrones dealt with that huge with like Sansa Stark. Uh, I know you haven't watched the show, but actually I was really impressed with was uh, they did a lot of that and actually Scream, um, uh, the Scream TV series in season one. Um, and they did. Oh, I mean, it's nice to see a lot of writers out there are willing to tackle some of the bigger, harder things to do and do it well. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So characters out of the way, favorite moments out of the way. Let's move on to the biggies. Let's talk about our favorite and least favorite episodes of the season. Again. The word nitpick is coming up a lot, but that's exactly what these are. Least favorite episodes are nitpicks. Favorite episodes are tough to pick just one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like last week, what we did with Legends, let's knock out the least favorites first. Okay. And then save the best for last with our favorite episodes. Because um, I have a feeling more discussion is going to probably go into favorite episodes than least favorite. Uh, but we'll start with you. Uh, least favorite episode from this season. Uh, very easily for me. Um trajectory i did not like this episode at all i remember um, discussing this too because i remember even after we reviewed this one i don't think you gave it a sidekick but no, it was a very I, low-end hero yeah it was it, it was nothing against the well i mean it is against the show because i think it was one of those things it was just the tonally it was just felt so weird uh i mean the episode as a whole was fine but the eliza Harmon character that becomes trajectory that's working at mercury mercury labs did this whole like willem defoe spider-man one I think like in the mirrors <laughs> and I thought it was cheesy in Spider-Man. It's even cheesier on TV. 
Um, <laughs> and I, I just really did not like this Jekyll and Hyde thing that they did and kept doing over and over and over again. Um, but I mean, like, you know, it, it is a little nitpicky, but it was just I didn't feel like anything big came out of the episode. I mean, they got an understanding that, you know, Jay, you know, Garrick was was sick slash whatever zoom. I, I it's it's this is always the hardest part about talking about the show. How do you refer to it? But I think it's just easier to say yeah. zoom is sick. You know, we saw it when she burned up from the Velocity 9. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's nothing really interesting happened or came from this episode. Well, I mean, you mentioned we found out, obviously, what the Velocity 9 does to people. We did find out through this episode that this is the reason why Zoom is the way he is. This is probably what the future of Zoom holds, if anything else. We found out what this Velocity 9 does to people. But... It, it seems like they took this one singular moment that they could have explained in five minutes of another episode and turned it into an entire episode. Yeah. Uh, you know, with this long drawn out storyline that, you know, came behind it with introducing not only introducing, but kind of wasting a character uh, again, like a Patty Spivet, where Patty Spivet at least got five or six episodes. Trajectory got one. Mm-hmm. You know, because we heard all the rumors leading up to this episode. We're going to get a female speedster. We're going to get a female speedster. This is going to be great. And it's one episode. Yeah. And it's not even a great one. Um, so I do kind of mirror a lot of <laughs> mirror mm. one of the issues you had. Um, I do kind of reciprocate in, in a lot of the negative thoughts about trajectory. Um, not my least favorite. But yeah, I mean, it's again, it, it felt like it was kind of like a. Again, you took a five minute. You could have taken something that was explained in five minutes and you turned it into an episode. Yeah. So, uh, my least favorite moment, uh, or least favorite episode, rather, is again we mentioned the runaway dinosaur. It's not runaway dinosaur, by the way. Uh, but you know, we had such a great episode with runaway dinosaur, and then we followed it up with episode twenty-two, Invincible which is my least favorite episode of the season. It's the penultimate. It's right before the finale, which was great. Uh, but two things, two reasons as to why this falls into my least favorite. One, we had already mentioned as far as least favorite moments, uh, the death of Henry Allen. Uh, it was something, again, we now know it was something that needed to happen because of the progression of the story. Uh, wasn't something that we liked seeing happening. Like I was bummed out about this for the entire week because I love John Wesley ship in this show. And I love the dynamic of him and his father of Barry and his father. And that kind of gets taken away, not just from Barry, obviously, but from us as the viewer. So it was one way to end the episode that I didn't like, but this was also the episode where we got Katie Cassidy coming back as black siren as the earth Two version of Laura Lance. And I just wanted to see more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I felt we didn't get enough black siren. She felt like a, a small-time henchman to Zoom, which she kind of was. But I just wanted more of Black Siren. And it's funny because, again, this is a cheap plug early, but we interviewed Katie at Heroes and Villains. And I brought this up to her, and I told her flat out, I said, I want to see a Black Siren storyline in Flash. One way or another, I want to see more Black Siren. And she was absolutely okay with that. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, You know, she would come back to do more episodes. Yes, please. They broke (laughs) me off of the other show. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, again, it's just it's nitpicking. It's these are just personal things that I did not like about the episode. It had nothing to do with the, anything the writers had done wrong or anything like that. I just felt, you know, the death of Henry Allen was emotional experience for me. And I just felt we could have used more Black Siren in that episode. Yeah, 
I mean, there. I mean, like I said, I know a lot of people are going to say some of the bigger maybe issues in the show were maybe even some of the first earlier episodes, like getting into the build up point of Legends. But I mean, there was a lot of fun stuff. I mean, like even just skimming back through all the episodes that like feel like they were so long ago. Like, you know, we got to see so much cool shit this year. I mean, like I, I one of the ones I wanted to put on there, but I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't this massive standout was, you know, like they had, you know, Leonard Snart and Flash team up with. You know, Snart's father to steal something. I mean, yeah, heist episode. I mean, there were so much fun things that happened. We got to see Gorilla City. Yeah, we saw Gorilla City at the end of it. We saw (laughs) King Shark. We got the tease of King Shark in one of the episodes. And the fact that they did a full episode later in the season. Never expected that. No, not at all. I mean, it's even like Kevin Smith said, like, oh, you'll never see King Shark on on uh, on television. And that's what drew him in. Yeah. To the Flash. So, I mean, you know, he he gets drawn in by a tease of King Shark. And then in that season, just towards the end of that season, he ends up directing an episode. Yeah. Of a uh, show yeah. he had never seen before. Yeah. And somebody that was from a 20 second clip of an episode made them this massive fan of the show and made and, and like somebody that like, you know, we like and respect the fact that watching him just turn into like this, like hyper six-year-old on way too much sugar when he ever t- he talks about the flash and that's how i think we always feel whenever we're we're talking about the show it's so much fun and there's so much you know respect for the character and the mythos and the effects work is great the 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 actors are phenomenal the writing's good i mean and yeah there's cheese to it but it's cheese in the way that it's that feel-good cheese i love it i mean and it's really hard especially when we're forced to kind of like break stuff down and be like What's the worst part of the show? And I'm like, I don't think there really is one. <laughs> exactly. I mean, this is one of those things. And this is something I was going to bring up um, on a later podcast, possibly uh, another episode uh, later on in the summer. But um, it's it's funny because, you know, growing up reading comic books and growing up seeing these cartoons and things like that, I was always a big Superman fan. I was always a big Batman fan. I was never really the hugest Flash fan growing up because, OK, it's a guy who can run fast. You know, big deal. Uh, you know, Superman can do that, too, as well as everything else he can do. But when you finally see these characters on television, you finally see these characters on screen, you know, even the Marvel movies do it well and such. You know, we're seeing Green Arrow on screen now. We're seeing Flash on screen now. We're seeing all the, the rogues on screen. We're seeing Supergirl on screen. We're seeing all these characters on the big screen. And when you finally see them in action, and this is definitely a credit to the writers as well, Um in the past two years, no joke, Flash is my favorite superhero now. Like yeah. DC, Marvel, across the board, Flash is my favorite superhero. I mean, you look at like T-shirts that I own and things like that. I have – it's funny because we talked about this before. I have like three or four different Flash logo T-shirts. None of them are the, are the regular Flash logo shirt. I still need that one. <laughs> but I have Black Flash. I have Reverse Flash. I have like I have all these different Flash logo shirts now because I love this character so much. I I cosplayed as Jay Garrick as the original Justice League Flash or Justice Society Flash because I just I love this character now. And a lot of that is because we're seeing it on screen. We become fans of it, and the writers do such a fantastic job with this show that you just fall in love with this character. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I think is a big a testament is, uh, do you know the three words that are above the writer's room and for the Flash writers? Um, are they th- words we've heard before on screen? Uh, not on screen. I was uh, going to say run, Barry, run, but okay. 
there there are three very specific words that are above the door to the writer's room of the flash and it's humor heart spectacle and we get them all and they said that is their you know their their whole idea for the show is to write with those every episode needs those three elements that's what makes this show what it is and they if when they achieve that and hit on all of those cylinders man they they are putting out some of the best you know like best hours of tv i ever remember yeah i'm kind of uh, you know we're seeing these big screen versions of these characters come about you know we're seeing uh we saw that we got a glimpse of the flash in batman versus superman and i know we still have to go into our favorite episodes too but we, which we will but you know we're seeing ezra miller going to be portraying the flash uh on the big screen i i have a fear that after you know, my response to Man of Steel and after my response to Batman versus Superman, I'm really hoping that with my love of this show and my love of this character, I'm really hoping this movie doesn't taint that now. Um, well, I don't think it can because this Flash is still not going anywhere. I mean, you could say, hey, you know, that version of the Flash is not for me. I mean, it's no different than if you go back and watch, you know, the John Wesley ship one, like it, that show may not be for you anymore. You know, it's an, it's an older show. It may not resonate with you, but this one still exists. And it gave you this love of this character. It's no different than comics. Like when a different writer takes over and it's not as good as it used to be, you still love that character. And you're like, well, hopefully when this arc wraps up and the next writers come on to take over and take control of this character, it's going to be back to what I wanted. But in the meantime, there's this there's massive omnibuses out there as far as all these stories from this character. And some are going to be great. And some of them are not going to be, um, you know, as memorable. But there's so much in the positive. I think that scales are going to stay tipped in your favor to still continue to love this character. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. So. Uh, but let's wrap things up. Well, we still have to write the season and write the villain as we usually do, too. But as far as our, our favorite and least favorite moments, let's talk about our favorite episodes from this season. Obviously, we're going to end this strong. Uh, so many great episodes throughout this season. I do have my favorite and I have my runner up uh, as well. Um, do you want to start this off? Or do you want me to start this off? Um, you know what? I, I think I can start this one. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I'm, you start I'm this just off. pulling up my episode. <laughs> title okay so absolute favorite one this was probably the hardest decision i had to make episode 17 flashback um the main reason for this one is i love how much they played with things um this is the episode where barry goes back where he needs help to figure out how to get faster goes back to the prior year when they've got pied piper uh they're trying to track down pied piper like the hartley rathaway character and having to try to attempt to screw with Harrison Wells, the evil Harrison Wells of last season to, you know, figure out the tachyon problem. So it was just, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. Um, so, I mean, just everything that they were doing in that was so much fun because it was Barry just trying to outthink him and play with all these different things. But like what I thought was special in the show showed that it can do something unique is by the end of the episode, the things he did, drastically affected the future and not like in a holy crap everything is different but somebody that was a villain last season is now an ally yes i loved that aspect of the episode i was hoping was, you were going to mention that it was just the fact that they did something that it was this these minute changes in what they did and having hartley help them in the past changed everything yeah. But it shows that this show really can technically do whatever it wants, and they found a way to make it work, and it was awesome. 
I love that they referenced it later when they were trying to figure something out. I'm like, yep, Hartley's we ran this by Hartley. He said this is exactly what we're going to do. And I'd love to see him show up more next season now and working alongside Team Flash because he was a fun addition. Um, and on top of that, we saw something I also thought was very unique and new, which was the, you know, Speed Force Wraiths, you know, coming in, which were the embodiment of the Speed Force that basically we were like, oh, they're kind of like the Black Flash. They're a little bit like Dementors, all these little things. And, you know, it was just awesome that they were bringing something new to the mythos that felt like it was been there all along. Like, yeah. This was such a wonderful episode to watch, and it was so much fun. And it was just great to see. I loved the dynamic again between uh, Barry and Wells through that. And then it was just him dealing with the fact that he knew exactly what was going to happen by allowing him to continue and not taking him out of the equation then. So it was it was great to watch. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, my favorite episode, however, is one that I know you loved at the same time because we talked about this a little before we started recording. Uh, my episode, my favorite episode of the season, hands down, was the Kevin Smith directed episode twenty one, the Runaway Dinosaur, which, I mean, the story of itself. I know Kevin didn't write it, but the story in itself, in which Barry is actually in the Speed Force and he's talking to the Speed Force, and the Speed Force is taking the form of his mother, of his father, of um, of of Joe, of and of Iris, and you know he's speaking to different. He's speaking to the Speed Force in different forms of him, and it's helping to come to the realization that he is the hero that he is and that's how he's able to escape the speed force but there's so much emotion in this episode like i i i will fully admit this i think i admitted this at the time we we broke down this episode the moment when henry is reaching or when barry is reaching back to the speed force to to escape it to help his friends when his mother or the speed force in the form of his mother says the words run, Barry, run, dude, I wept. No joke. I wept. There's so much emotion in this episode. This episode to me was brilliantly written a, a huge testament to Kevin Smith. It was brilliantly directed and a lot has come out of this because of Kevin. Yeah, because of his job directing this, they've now he's going to be directing another episode of The Flash, which we've talked about before. I think it's episode five of the third season. I could believe be, so. Yeah, I could be wrong about that. Um, there's talks that he could possibly be directing an episode of Arrow in the in the future, not this current season, but the season after that. Uh, and not only that, but his it he was originally supposed to do another Mallrats film. Um, a sequel to Mall Rats, which kind of got pushed to the side, but now is becoming a television series. And it's mainly because of the job that he did. Th- he got the attention of the job that he can do directing television. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now his Mall Rats is going to be a television series, and it's all stemming from his the fantastic job that he did directing The Runaway Dinosaur. Yeah. But you also mentioned, too, the moment with Barry and his mom reading the book that she used to read to him as a child. Yeah, I mean, it was it's just, like I said, it's just such a touching, touching, touching moment. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I have to mention a quick runner up to as to one of my another one of my favorite episodes. I loved. It's one I had a smile on my face the whole episode. Um, Welcome to Earth Two. Yeah, I mean that was definitely in there for me as well. So. I mean, seeing the Earth Two versions of Killer Frost, of Deathstorm, of Deadshot 
as a police officer. As Papa Joe, as a lounge singer. Yes. All these little things were just special. Uh, Uh, They were super awesome. I mean, we got to see... um, It held another one of my favorite moments, too, um, in that it was the episode that we had. And and again, it's another dynamic of Barry and his mother. Um, When you see the phone in in his house... And it has, you know, Hal and Bruce and Diana. Diana. Yeah. Um, and, and, but it says, you know, and Eddie and mom and dad. And he calls mom and dad and he speaks to his mother for the, like, for the first time in, I think, ever because, or, you know, since he would, since she had died. And it was such a huge emotional moment on top of just seeing all the cool effects of seeing Earth 2 and, and everything else. It was just such a fantastic episode. Yeah. Uh, you brought something up, and I, there is a little bit I missed in trajectory that I'd, I'd be very ashamed to not – or not trajectory, flashback um, – that I'd be uh, disappointed in myself for not bringing up. But one of the other things that was very touching in that episode was Barry getting to talk to Eddie and recording a message to Iris. Yes. Yeah. Was – this like seeing him again and watching Barry just react to the fact that Eddie's still being alive. Um, but you know, like, Hey, you know, Iris' birthday is down, uh, down uh, a couple months from now and I'm trying to pull something together. It takes some time. Can you record a little message? If this was the last thing you could ever say to her. And it was so just heartbreaking to watch. And then seeing Iris get to see that video at the end of the episode was again, one of those, again, it's that heart moment that is that part of the show. So, yeah, and I, th- I think that's one of the strongest things about this show is this show, while, like, as you mentioned, it is great spectacle. There's a lot of funny moments. This show has so much heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, I, God, I, just talking about it, I want to go back and I want to rewatch season two. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to watch all of season two. Yeah, and, and I think I may before, obviously, before the season starts, before season three starts back up, I will definitely go back and rewatch season two. I'll just, probably just watch season one and two, like this binge it like back to back. Probably. Because that's, I've been missing Flash. I, I need my flashback. I know. <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like Velocity 9 DOS. We, we need our fix. Yeah. Of, of the Flash. All right, so um, I guess we're rating the villain now, huh? Yeah, let's uh, let's rate the villain of the season. Obviously, we saw Jay Garrick come in. Uh, Teddy Sears, who do, we mentioned, did a fantastic job of playing both Jay Garrick and Zoom. Um, or Hunter Zolomon, if you want to be technical about everything. Um, came into the beginning of the season in episode two as Jay Garrick, who we thought was a hero. And then turns out by the end of the episode, he is indeed Zoom, uh, who was the big villain. So we're going to... We'll take it all into stride because all of it plays an element into this character. Uh, but on our rating system, again, we're going to do sidekick, hero, and villain as usual. But the number system, so we can break it down even more. One through three is sidekick. Four through six is hero. And seven through ten is... I think that's how we did it before. Uh, eight, eight, nine, ten is uh, so four, four through four through seven was hero. Yeah. Eight, nine, ten was legend. Uh, so on that rating scale... What would you give our big baddie this season, Zoom? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with Legend, um, uh, but it's it's hovering right above a hero, and it's not anything bad. It's just the fact that Reverse Flash was such a great villain, and I don't know how you top that. Um, and it's one of those things where I, like, I was a little disappointed. I'm like, well, it's another speedster as the villain, but... I think that kind of took some points off from originally and there was a lot of red herrings thrown at us a lot this season too. So I think that was a little frustrating, but I ultimately Teddy Sears did such a great job. 
Um, and they made Zoom very fun. Tony Todd was this amazing voice whenever the mask was yes. on. Um, I love I love that voice. It was so good and so creepy and eerie. But I feel like his grand his grand plan was very traditional, over the top supervillain. Basically, well, I'm just going to destroy the world. <laughs> I'm going to leave this place because I, I I have a home still, but I'm just going to destroy everything. Um, but you know, it still was fun to watch. But I'm going to say, yeah, he still gets a legend. Uh, I'm going to give him a hero, and I just love the fact that. Wait, wait, that, it, wait, which one is it? You said I'm going to give oh, him a sorry. legend. I'm going to give him a hero. Oh, uh, sorry, a legend <laughs> giving him an eight. So okay, legend, uh, but uh, give him an eight. I think they could have done a little bit more with it because event again, it felt like there was something big he was building to, and at the end, they're like, nope, just going to just rip up shop and just destroy everything, and that was it. Yeah, uh, I'm on the same lines. Um, I'm also giving him an eight, so I'm giving him a legend. Um, and I had this written down, so I'm not obviously copying off of you, but. Um, Again, you mentioned Reverse Flash, and as I had mentioned earlier on in this in this issue, that you know I loved Reverse Flash so much. Like he became probably my favorite character from season one. So you're right; it, it was a very tough villain to outdo. Uh, however, Teddy Sears, as you had mentioned, did such a fantastic job of playing this part, and he was a true sociopath. Um, you know, where he believed he was doing things for the good of well more the good of himself than anything else uh but i do do want to make one correction he wasn't trying to destroy the world he was trying to destroy every world yeah so it's a little bigger than just he was trying to destroy the multiverse yes exactly uh which is a big undertaking so and he almost achieved it uh but again a couple things that could have been a little bit stronger but i have really no major complaints about the character so yeah i'm gonna give it and i'm gonna give him an, an eight as well yeah. legend status yeah i think a, a part of part of that like i said that um that eight score instead of being a nine or a ten is that whole idea is like i remember when we got to the very end episode and he's like what do you want for me he's like i just want to race and we're like that's it really <laughs> <laughs> and then when you saw the contraption like okay that makes more sense yeah, but exactly. originally that is like that's all you wanted this entire season you just want to be this fast i just want to know who's better yeah, and that's that's what it was. But I kind of loved that. It, the simplicity of it, too, was something kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Final moment um, of everything that we're talking about for this season two recap. Uh, we're going to rate the season uh, as a whole. So all of season two uh, with everything, with the heroes, with the villains, with the cast, our favorite moments, least favorite moments, episodes and such. Uh, same rating scale, one through three being sidekick, four through seven being hero and eight through ten being legend. Uh, I'm going to start this one. OK. And I'm giving this season. It's absolutely a legend. There's no question about it. Uh, oh, man, it's it's tough. Um, it's not a perfect season because there were a couple things that obviously otherwise we wouldn't have had least favorite moments and least favorite episodes. Uh, but it's pretty damn close. Uh, I'm giving it a nine. Okay. Because again, just talking about this show makes me want to go back and watch it again. And it's, it's, there's so much heart. There's so much humor. Uh, and there's so much spectacle. As you mentioned, the three words above the door. This show nails it. And if there were no other superhero shows on TV other than The Flash, I'd be okay with it because it would be the one to watch. It is my favorite out of all of these shows we talk about. 
I love all the other shows, don't get me wrong. But this is the one that I look forward to more than anything else every week. And season two was just near perfect to me. So I'm giving it a nine. Okay. I'm going to go legend. Um, and I'm going to preface this a little bit. Uh, there is no such thing as a perfect property a- anywhere. Um, whether it's uh, when a video game uh, gets, you know, almost a, what they like, kind of always say a perfect score by any critics or reviewers. Uh, I think every reviewer always states right off the bat, there is no such thing as perfection because there isn't. Um, there's always going to be a dip down somewhere, but when the end of conclusion makes you feel that good, and when you go through lists like this and you can't, you're having a hard time finding faults, it's only the faults that you wish didn't happen, but they were integral to a story. So uh, I'm going to, this is a first for us, definitely, because this is, uh, I'm going to say this season gets a 10. Nice. Um, All right. uh, I think, yeah, it's not perfect, but for me to find like faults was took a lot and you know i just think of it whenever i read a review where somebody some game gets a 10 they're like well this is this isn't perfect but everything else is so good that you just don't care uh you don't care about the little things and it's it was the journey of the characters i've never speculated so much from an end end moment of a show wanting to see the next season that badly because i really don't know what they're going to do and i'm excited to see what they're gonna do and we've talked about that at great length since this this finale aired. That is my favorite discussion to have is what are they going to do? Is it going to affect Arrow? Is it going to affect Legends? Uh, you know, what's going to happen with Barry? Is everything that they did this season going to be wiped away? How long until he gets his powers back? When is Jesse going to be coming back and Harrison coming back from Earth 2? Because they need to be part of this. I, I refuse to not have them part of this. Like, yeah. When are we going to see Vibe full blown? Is something else going to happen to Caitlyn? Uh, when is Wally going to get his powers? All these things. I'm so excited for next season. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I just I I just want that show more than ever right now. And it not being part of my normal week feels so weird. And B, the fact that we get to talk about it still every week makes me very happy. So yeah. I got to say, and that was in part to how great season one was and how great season two was. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I wrapped up with you. I'm glad I let you go second since you were at wrapping it with the 10 because my nine would have felt lackluster. After that, uh, but I mean, you mentioned like all the spec, you know, of the the speculation after the end of the season. But I want to make you note too that it wasn't just the end of the season like that. It was, whereas uh, with other shows where Arrow and Legends and all these other shows, which again we're not not fans of, we're, we're fans of these shows. Um, you know, when an episode wrapped for the week, we were like, okay, you know, let's let's wait to see what's going to happen next week. I can't tell you how many times throughout the course of this season and, and even season one. When that flash logo comes across the screen, I threw my hands up in the air and I'm like, really? Now I got to wait a week because it 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 drives you to want to keep watching it more than any other show that we've talked about. Yeah. Like I would get mad when the episode ended because mm-hmm. I just wanted to keep watching, um, you know, and now we're we're with that with the final nail at, at, at the end of season two. As you mentioned, with all these different things that we're speculating for the second for the third season, whereas before I would get mad and I had to wait a week or maybe a, a month or two because of, of a midseason break. Now we got to wait four or five months, you know, mm-hmm. until October and we're still yeah. waiting and we're still frustrated that we have to wait more. And we keep seeing all these different news stories that come out about casting that they're doing and and, you know, possibilities of all these things that are coming out. And it just makes us more and more impatient. 
Yeah, I mean, what's, come back. what's interesting too is like you know, Arrow. We know who the big bad is. It's it's a it's a new character, but they said it's very inspired by uh, um, uh, Idris character from The Wire, and they said they wanted somebody somebody like that that Chad Coleman's going to be playing, and we still have no idea what <laughs> no. the Flash is doing, not at all. And I think as we kind of get closer and closer, I'm sure I think we're going to get a little something at San Diego Comic-Con. I think we're going to get some teases as far as what's to come. I hope so. Because I know they have Warner Brothers has got a big, 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 big presence this year at San Diego. And Flash has a panel and all. So I think uh, I think we'll probably get a teaser, too. And I'm really hoping to see what comes out of the next two weeks. Yeah. So we might even be able to do a full podcast just on what comes out of San Diego Comic-Con. That's very true. Uh, Very, very true. So, yeah, I'm curious. I'm very curious to see what we're going to get. And, uh, yeah, um, I, I think it warrants the 10. Again, I don't think anything actually ever is perfect, but um, it can be damn close. It's pretty so, close. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right, cool. So, ordinarily at this point, we do do our predictions for the following season, but there is a news story that just came out this week that we should go over first because I have a feeling it's going to play into our predictions for yeah. next week um we get us we can just get all the news in this one shot because there's only i think three stories and one of them i'm gonna hold for my recommendation so okay um well i mean you have them all in front of you so uh why don't you knock out the news for this week and okay then, and then we'll jump backwards a step and we'll talk about predictions for season three okay so the one kind of not pertaining to the prediction stuff is going to be uh we did find out that supergirl if you missed it on cbs will begin to start airing on the cw which is kind of cool and that's going to start as of i think august 1st so they are going to continue to start airing that show um uh up until the build-up to season two which i think is pretty cool um in addition to that though too for people that didn't see constantine is also now on the cw seed um i think we maybe briefly mentioned that last week um but just as a reminder if you haven't watched constantine I think it might be wise to maybe uh, hop over the CW seat and start watching it because I think if you see enough people critically happy about that and watch more, there's a chance that show could come back. I think so. there's been a rumor that it is coming back, but well, it's nothing that has been confirmed. Nothing confirmed, but I think everybody's hoping that that move that they did by pulling that property over there, that there's a chance. So I would definitely say yeah. if you if you want to see this character continue and Matt Ryan come back, uh, start watching that. Yeah. So. I think that'd be wise. Um, beyond that, the big one here is another interesting contract signed by a cast member. Uh, we saw this once before with um, uh, Leonard Snart. Oh, oh my God, I'm, why am I missing the name? My, uh, Wentworth Miller. Wentworth Miller uh, has signed a contract basically make, allowing him to become a season regular across all of the DC uh, CW TV shows. I think, with, now, I think with the exception of Supergirl. No, all. It is all. Really? Because I didn't yes. see Supergirl listed in the article. Well, they, they brought that back up when this came up. So let's get into this real quick. Okay. Um, so it, this is now the second person that's going to have the exact same contract. And that is John Barrowman, which was very surprising. I did not expect this. So he's now also going to be allowed to appear on all four shows. Surprising, as well. but awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's good because now we're going to be able to see two characters freely jump across this universe. And I think that's something very smart. Um, and I'm wondering if we're going to start seeing more and more of this happen um, as, you know, everything gets closer and closer to starting filming. Yeah. Well, the writers have said, too, you know, as far as this move goes, that this is something like these shows are not separate, that we've we've already confirmed that they, they exist in the same universe. So these characters all live 
together. They're just at different points in their, you know, and in locations. So like the comic books where characters cross over from comic books all the time and, you know, from time to time, there's no reason why these shows can't do it, too. Uh, and we've obviously seen that already in flash crossovers and, you know, and such. So it's, I'm looking forward to what this brings. Yeah. So, yeah, I think super exciting. So, I mean, I guess that kind of pulls us into our our prediction point though. So, but yeah, that's pretty much it as far as news. All right. Well, this is going to be interesting because (laughs) I have no idea what to expect for season three. Obviously we know the big storyline that they're going to be going into, um, is flashpoint which is how we saw season two wrap up with Barry saving his mother from the reverse flash from Abarthon. Um, I think the question now remains, is this something that they do full season or is this something that they only do for a partial? Uh, and if partial, how long, like how long are we going to see this run? Uh, I know I've made my prediction already that I don't think as much as I would love to see flashpoint a full flashpoint story um the writers have already said that this is pretty much going to be contained purely in the flash it's not going to cross over to other shows like arrow and such uh because of that i don't feel they can sustain a full season of this i mean flashpoint in the comic books is something that spans because of his one action spans the entire universe of dc Uh, yeah it practically almost destroys the world yes so so uh, if it's not crossing over into other episodes and other shows, I don't feel it's something they can sustain a full season out of. So I don't think it's going to go any longer than possibly five to ten episodes. That's my prediction. I could be very wrong. Uh, and these writers are so brilliant that they could make it last a whole season. Um, but I don't see it. Uh, th- it. That's just my prediction on it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we're going to be wrapped that very, very fast. I mean, I... I can see them doing something that's one episode or at least what we, I think we are going to see is at least if they're going to do flashpoint, the flash will have his powers by the end of episode one. Um, I don't think you're going to see him as an average Joe in the flashpoint universe. If they're going to have it run longer without any of his powers, I think something is still going to happen. Um, or at least by early episode two, because, again, we've already done that. We did that in season two. Yeah. So I don't think it makes sense to go through a whole string of Barry powerless yet again when they just kind of did that. Um, and, and the one thing I am a little worried about, though, if they actually do Flashpoint extended you know, throughout the season or at least until midseason break is the villain. Because um, that would put the villain back to being reverse Flash again. And I don't know if that's a smart move. That basically kind of says that, you know, we saw Reverse Flash a couple times last season. Uh, he was the big bad of all of season one. But that basically says, you know, it's Barry only fights speedsters and it's only these two. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a, a a tricky move to do. I think they really need to start getting into some bigger things. Maybe they have to start throwing all of the rogues at him in one shot. Um, all these little things. That would be pretty awesome. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's a big part of it. I would like to see the the expansion of the rogues. We still haven't seen people like Mirror Master come into the mix. Um, you know, there's even goofier characters like the top and all these other people. So there's a lot that they can still do. And I think maybe the rogues is the right idea for season three. I'm like, definitely looking forward to seeing C- um, Citizen Cold rather than Captain Cold. Yeah, I mean, I, I would assume that's one of the places we're going to see Wentworth Miller is we're going to see Citizen Cold in there, hopefully in the mix somewhere. But uh 
but maybe whatever happens is a reason why that you know he never died in legends you know yeah something like that could change his existence in the in the universe we were trying to figure out how that was going to play into it and flashpoint maybe that is the change for him um he this is something i was very curious about and i don't know if it's something that's ever touched on the comics uh, I don't think it is, but this is something they could definitely touch point on in the show. Uh, the effects of Barry's decision, and this could very much be a Barry a point in the storyline as well uh, of the show. The effects of Barry's decision, obviously, we know are going to affect the timeline of, of Barry Allen and his friends and such. But do the effects of his decision cross over into the multiverse? Does Earth 2 suffer from the same thing that Earth-1 does. So while the timeline has changed on Earth-1, does Harrison Wells and Jesse Quick from Earth-2 still remember the previous timeline? Could they cross back over into Earth-1, see everything is different, and wonder why? Um, It's possible. I mean, anything could happen. I mean, you have no idea. I mean, they could very much still be around and alive, and because Barry didn't exist or it wasn't the Flash... Well, Zoom 1 in Earth 2, you know, and Earth 2 is in ruins and maybe it's kind of an apocalyptic kind of planet where everything's kind of laid to waste and there's only a couple survivors and maybe you have that's what you do and you bring them back where they need help, you know, or they find a way through the time stream. But that means they would have never worked with, you know, the Scooby gang at Star Labs. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of curious to see what they're going to do, because this could really have such massive ramifications. Eddie could be alive uh, and him and Iris are married, uh, you know, Ronnie could be alive because there was never, you know, the whole blow up thing with, you know, Eobard, all these little things. Yeah. So much could be different. And, and I think it's impossible to say what won't be. And I think it's another reason why we're going to see a short version of Flashpoint and nothing extremely long, because it's a great opportunity to bring back all these characters that we've seen from season one and season two. I mean, you mentioned Ronnie, you mentioned Eddie, you know, I, I, I have a feeling the way season three is going to start. It's going to start as if the effects have already taken place. We're going to see, um, months after all these things. Yes, exactly. We're going to see, Present day Earth One from a completely different storyline. Now, his mom's alive, his dad's alive, he's doing whatever. He might still be a CSI, but the police department, but he doesn't have his bill, he doesn't have his powers. None of these other things have happened and such. The timeline's gonna be completely different. I think that's where season three is going to start. Um, you know, because I don't think we're going to see all the events of season two happen again and then we find out what happened. I think it's just gonna start where things are at this I mean, point. There's an easy fix for them to show how it doesn't impact the other shows and they start the episode saying months ago and then or several months ago where you could see all these different things because ultimately the shows do have to sync back up with each other. Yes. And if Flash is off, they can say numerous months ago these things happened where you could see on maybe Flash um some of the arrow cast in different situations and all these things and everybody's drastically different. But on Arrow, they're normal because, you know, by the time Arrow starts, everything is righted, you know. Well, not only that. Well, I mean, other than that, too, you could also have a moment where uh, you could have Barry Allen viewing all these different news stories about how the Flash helped Arrow and helped all these other heroes. But the Flash is somebody completely different now because the the timeline is different. The Flash Wally at that point. Exactly. The Flash could still exist. It's just not Barry. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's where, you know, one of these other dimensions, you know, these other Earths come back over and realize and see Barry and be like, wait a minute, you're the Flash, not this guy. You know, that's what makes me question. There's so many different possibilities they could do with this. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I can't wait. I, and I, I love want it, it to be too. October. Yeah, I love it, too, because like Jeffrey Dean Morgan was even come out, came out at one point and said, uh, you know, he was trying to maybe put some pressure on the CW folks because he said he really, really wanted to come back and play, you know, uh, Thomas Wayne again and be able to do like the Earth 2 or 3 version of Batman that actually helps like Barry get his powers back. Oh, God, that'd be so awesome. That'd be fantastic. I would only like that, too, if Lauren Cohan could come back and be Martha Kent. Oh, not, Martha, so, not Martha Kent, Martha Wayne. Martha Wayne and be the Twisted Joker-esque <laughs> character. Oh, God, that would be so awesome. <laughs> I want to see that. So, Oh, uh, God. I, I mean, like I said, I would love for them to do what the epic of Flashpoint really was. But, I mean, that's that's asking a lot of these guys to attempt. Yeah. And I think if they only got to do that for three or four episodes, I mean, it would be epic. But that feels like a finale of a season, not, not a, how you start a season off. Well, I mean, it just goes to show, like, if this is the way they're starting the season, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, then there's the crossover like we have. And, you know, is Flashpoint still going on at that point? Um, Or is everything reset by the time the crossover happens? All these things. So I I have no idea. I generally have no idea what they're thinking. I, I have a feeling that by the time the crossover happens, Barry Allen is going to be the Flash once again, because I can't see them doing this massive four point crossover um, and Barry not be the Flash. Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, I don't think we're going to see him not as the Flash um, at all, really. I think maybe one episode max. Um, but yeah, I, I, you can't do what you did again in season two. I, I would I would be very disappointed of seeing Barry without his powers for uh, an extended period of time yet again. So, yeah, it's so much that they can do. Um, so many predictions we can make. We could go on and on. About things. I mean, we don't even know where the hell Malcolm Merlin is going to fall into all of this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, is John Berryman maybe just busy on other projects right now, which is why he's kind of going to do a bounce around, or there's just not a lot for him to do in Arrow right now, and they just want to kind of get him into different things. I mean, there's so much that could be happening. Like, how does Captain Cold fit into this? Is he going to be Citizen Cold? Is Captain Cold going to be alive because of all of everything that's happening? I no idea. I, no, no damn clue. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm really curious again on who's the big bad this season. I mean, are they going to say Gorilla Grodd came back? He's now super smart, and that's exactly what's gonna where it's going to be. It's Gorilla City attacking, you know, Central City. I, I have no no clue. But no. I'm kind of hoping for no speedsters. I would love to see the Black Flash show up again to screw with Barry this season because we saw the creation of him at the end of this season. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there's so much that can happen. Absolutely, so much that can happen. Yeah, but I mean. It's it's a waiting game now at this point, but I have full confidence in the writers of this show. Uh, they've done no wrong. At, well, you know, for the most part, um, they haven't disappointed us yet as far mm-hmm. as this show goes. So I don't I'm not worried. No, I'm not either. It's just a matter of when October 4th comes around, which is when season three starts back up strapping in for the ride. Yeah. And, and just, I'm, I'm super pumped. 
I am too. I can't wait. Uh, but let's uh, let's get ready to wrap things up. Of course, we already talked about news and we did our predictions. So let's make a couple recommendations, as we usually do, um, for things we want people to check out. Uh, in the meantime, in between podcasts and such. Uh, obviously, I just want to make a quick one we've already referenced before. Obviously, we're talking Flash. We're talking Flashpoint. Go back and read Flashpoint in the DC comic books. You'll be very familiar with a lot of the things that hopefully they're going to address in the series itself. Again, the Flashpoint comic books are massive in scale because they almost they they have effect on the entire DC universe. So the show is going to be a much smaller scaled version of that, but it's still a great read. Or even check out um, the animated film that yeah, they did. We, Flashpoint. We've recommended both of those numerous times. So yeah, yeah this- Flashpoint paradox. So, yeah. Um, but as far as my recommendation goes, it doesn't have anything to do with Flash. It actually doesn't have anything to do with DC. Uh, it has to do with one of the actors that is in the um, in the Flash, and that is Tom Cavanaugh. I know we've made mention before, and they haven't done any new ones since we've started this podcast until recently. Um, Tom Cavanaugh does a podcast with Michael Ian Black called Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. Uh, it's such a fantastic podcast. It's maybe a half hour to 45 minutes long. Uh, my recommendation for this week is to check out their podcast because for the first time in about five or six months, they've recorded another episode and it is their hundredth episode of Mike and Tom eat snacks. I haven't even listened to it myself yet. I'm going to this week. Uh, but I'm sure if it's anything like the past ones, it's going to be great. It's going to be hysterical. Uh, so check out my recommendation for this week is check out the, the latest and the 100th, uh, episode of Mike and Tom eat snacks with Michael Ian Black and Tom Cavanaugh. Nice. And mine is actually very similar to what I stated last week, but this time, instead of buying your tickets for killing joke, um, go in five days, suicide squad tickets become available for those of you who haven't seen it. So my recommendation is go online through Fandango or any other service where you purchase your tickets. And uh, on July, I believe it's 15th for the people in the States. Uh, I think July 14th for the folks in the UK. Um, Go buy your tickets for Suicide Squad. Uh, I am very, very excited for this film and very, very optimistic. Um, Again, a little trepidatious too, but I think I'm leaning a lot more towards a lot more optimism with this flick. Yeah, I haven't exactly been thrilled with Man of Steel and Batman vs Superman, but um, I, I've got some high hopes for Suicide Squad. So it just looks fun. It and does. All it, all, it, all it has to do is be good. It doesn't have to be amazing. Just good. That's it. Yeah. And uh, I think that means they have started to right their wrongs. But David Ayer is just a great director, and uh, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do. But it just looks like a, a summer popcorn film that I really want to see right now, and it looks different, which is fun. Yeah. I'll be in theater seeing it, so I'll be right there with everybody else. Uh, as far as next week goes, for next week's issue, we do have a guest lined up. We don't want to confirm anything until he confirms with us because we're still working on uh, on dates that are possible for him. But again, he's a very busy guy. That um, He's gearing up for San Diego Comic-Con because he has a very big presence at San Diego Comic-Con. We're not going to tell you anything more than that. And I'm going to uh, tell you this, too. Not an actor. No, so, no. So don't be like, oh, yeah, you guys built that up like assholes. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. Like I said, all, uh, all we will say is if you've listened to all of our episodes of the show, you've heard the you're, you've heard his voice once before, but never like this. Yes. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, you've heard us mention him. You've heard his voice on the podcast before. Um, 
just not in the capacity we'll have him on next week where he'll he'll actually be on. And he's just taken another big step into his uh, his career and future. So we want to have him on to talk about that a little bit more next week. So we're going to get him on. He's a big DC guy himself. He's a big fan of all these shows at, just like we are. Um, so we'll have him on to talk about his next step and just brainstorm about like all these different things and all these shows that we discuss and wh- how he feels about them, where he thinks they're going to go. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. That's going to be next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the following week after that, we're still trying to iron out plans, but we've got a couple ideas in the works. And then three issues out uh, is going to be Killing Joke, which I know I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah. So that's uh, so yeah, like I said, it sounds like guests for the next two weeks, more than likely. Uh, if not, we will figure something out last minute, and <laughs> it could be a short episode. But we always do. Yep. We will always give you something, even if it's just hey, we have no ideas, and here's the news, <laughs> and then we're we're gonna go f off somewhere. So we're, bye. We're just gonna come on and <laughs> talk about the Pokemon we've caught in Pokemon. Oh Pokemon God, Pokemon. I shouldn't like that game, but I do. <laughs> no, I, I there's there was a part of me yesterday, and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And I was just disappointed in myself, and I'm like, God damn it. Uh, oh, trust me, I'm right there with you. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but cheap plugs before we get out of here. Uh, we'll let you go first. Uh, you can always go over to caffeinecrew.com. Uh, more specifically, I say focus on that Twitter account. That's where a little bit more of our activity has been recently. But as always, uh, probably going up tomorrow, I am going to do some editing tonight. So the next episode of the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods will be up. Uh, which Ben was part of as well. And it was a quite a fun episode and very amusing. But uh, yeah, definitely check that out. This is Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods. You'll find that on caffeinecrew.com. And uh, if you just search on, you know, I think just your normal podcast apps, you'll find us. So cool. Uh, yeah, and of course, this podcast as well as other podcasts are all part of the Next Level Podcast Network, which can be found at www.nextlevelradioonline.com. Uh, and of course, you can find us on Twitter at NXT Level Radio and on Facebook, facebook.com slash next level radio online. Uh, anytime you want to email Rob or myself pertaining to this podcast, if you have anything you want to make a recommendation for uh, or you want us to mention as a recommendation or just anything you, you feel you want to mention about anything we've talked about, you can email us at any time, dcprimetime at nextlevelradioonline.com. Um, and of course, my other podcast on the next level podcast network which is the showcast which we do a bunch of celebrity interviews and pop culture discussions as well uh our interviews with katie cassidy paul blackthorne and drew powell from gotham are all available online on our website uh and they'll actually be part of our podcast our showcast podcast this week um and of course i have another podcast in development but we'll get into that later on uh so i think that's it for that this is week. it yeah. Uh, so, of course, we want to thank you for listening as you do every week. We definitely appreciate that. I know I've actually talked to an, a couple new listeners this past week online uh, on social media. So we're we're still getting uh, our listenership is awesome right now, and we're getting more and more every week. So, of course, we we want you to recommend us to other people you know who watch these shows as well, uh, and just give us a shot. If you don't like us, at least you tried. That's mm-hmm. all we can say. Uh, But we're going to wrap it up for this week. Until next week issue, we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Peace.